Well, hey everyone, Jen Amos here, and I am so excited to welcome you to the first official episode of Holding on the Fort by U.S. Vet Wealth in partnership with the Rose Network. We are kicking off season seven with our first interview from a cohort member from the Services CEO program of the Rose Network. So I'm gonna look over here real quick because I have my notes and I'm not gonna pretend like I have this memorized. (laughs) So here's my question for all of you. Is it possible to turn your adversities into stepping stones to success? Well, I had the fortune of chatting it up with Kiani Washington and hearing about her inspiring journey as the CEO and founder of Chat Skin and Hair Company and the chapter lead with the Rose Network. Kiani began her career in cosmetology in 2005 while also balancing a job at a daycare. She shares how she experienced setbacks, including health challenges that impeded her ability to continue hairdressing full-time and homelessness. Undeterred, she pivoted and developed her line of hair care and developed her line of hair care products. In 2022, she joined the Rosie Network Service to CEO program, which was instrumental in launching her business. Kiani reflects on how she's embraced mantras like put your freaking shoes on and walk, which is the name of her book, by the way, to confront difficulties head on and do it anyway to work through fear and doubts. Kiani, it was an absolute pleasure having you as a guest on the show. And that being said, I want to share that this conversation you're about to listen to is an ad-free conversation thanks to my company, U.S. Vet Wealth. And we'll be talking more about this in the outro, but if you haven't listened to the trailer episode of Season 7 of Holding Down the Fort, highly recommend you listen to that now. That's episode 152. And if you don't know how to find it, just go to holdingdownthefortpodcast.com. Go in the search bar, put in 152, that's episode 152, and you will get access to the trailer. And in the trailer, we officially announced that this podcast now has an online podcast portal. So if you have thoroughly enjoyed these conversations and you're looking for behind the scenes content, bonus content, or you want to hear about my journey as a podcaster and why I am recording like this right now. I have a lot to say about this very setup, actually. I'll probably say that. I'll I'll definitely say that for later. If you're watching via video, by the way, you'll know what I'm talking about. If you're listening on the podcast, check the show notes of this episode. We do have this available via video on YouTube, on our YouTube channel. And uh, where was I going? I lost my train of thought. (laughs) But yes, we have a podcast portal. It is free to our community thanks to our sponsor, U.S. Bet Wealth. Our portal is housed under U.S. Bet Wealth's free resource, free online resource, which is called Military Retirement Blueprint. We have a dedicated space there just for our podcast, just for you to get bonus content from our guests, from me, and additional stuff from U.S. Bet Wealth, especially if you are a military retiree and you are faced with the question, should you keep or opt out of the survivor benefit plan? or you're looking for alternative solutions to protecting your pension. So that being said, stick around to the outro music if you want to hear me chat a little bit more about how this show is going to play out. I'm really approaching the season, even with all the preparation, I still very much have a build as we go mentality. 
And I will cover more about that in the outro. So with that being said, please, please, please enjoy this conversation with Kiani. Kiani, thank you again so much for being on our show here at Holding On The Fort, being the first, the first person I interviewed. I hope I didn't butcher it. I hope you all like it. I hope you all get a ton of value out of it. And if you want to know how to contact her, check out the show notes of this episode. If you check out the podcast app you are using to listen to this or check the description of this video if you're watching via video or watching via YouTube, or you can go to holdingonthefortpodcast.com, do a search of episode 153, that's 153, and you can get all the details on how to contact Kiani. All right, with that said, please enjoy this conversation. want to do more than follow orders, think outside of the box, and manifest your dreams, then you've come to the right show. Welcome to the award-winning podcast, Holding Down the Fort by U.S. Vet Wealth. I'm your host, Jen Amos, a gold star daughter, veteran spouse, and entrepreneur. For season seven, I am ecstatic to be in partnership with the Rosie Network to highlight motivational stories of personal growth, financial awareness, and autonomy in our military community. Now, let's get started. All right, Kiani Washington, welcome to season seven of Holding Down the Fort podcast. Thank you. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited too, considering uh, what happened offline before we officially started starting. So I thought I just- (laughs) We made it. So (laughs) I want to thank you for tolerating 27 minutes of me being out of the office because of a fire alarm that went off. And luckily I walked out and it just finished raining. So it wasn't all that bad. I just had to wait a little. And I really want to thank you for your patience to really, candidly speaking, being the first guest from the Rosie Network that I have the fortune of interviewing for season seven of Holding Down the Fort. So thank you for this opportunity. Thank you so much. I'm excited. This is different, so I'm excited. (laughs) Oh, good. Okay. So I thought that we would warm up by doing an icebreaker question. So um, go ahead and pick like a number between one and 15. And then I'm going to pick a seven. card. Seven. <laughs> I love how that just easily. It's my favorite number. Oh, I love it. Number. I love it. Okay. So one, two. Let's see. You'll see on the camera. One, two, uh, three, four, uh, four, five, six, seven. Okay. Here's a question for you. And okay. it's okay to give yourself some flowers here. What compliment do you hear the most about you? Um, <laughs> oh, I have nice calf muscles. Okay. I always hear that all the time like <laughs> he, my friend is like you gotta accent those calf muscles I'm like okay whatever but yeah that's the one that I hear all the time I have nice calf muscles I love that you know part of my goal nowadays because I'm in my mid-30s now is to like have a good physique without wearing heels because I feel like heels accentuates calves and like you know your yeah. curves and all that and I'm like well if I could be fit and don't have to wear, you know, heels. But I definitely used to rock a lot of heels back then. And, you know, it would obviously um, accentuate like my curves. But in the long run, I paid for it because my knees started hurting my, you know, right. all the things yeah, started happening. I'm like, no, I'm not doing it. Yeah. I, I quit a lot. Ironically, the reason why my calves are like this is because when I was little, I used to walk on my toes all the time. Oh, interesting. So I'd walk on the on my tippy toes all the time, like 
that's how I would walk. So I did that for a long time. I think even 12, 13, 14. Yeah, like in my 20s, I could like I could still do it. I, I try to do it now, but it is, like, it's not as good. But very yeah, interesting. So that's, yeah, I used to just walk on my toes all the time. Like just because or like because you're a ballerina? Like- I don't even know. <laughs> like my mom and my great aunt just said like this kid just used to walk around on her toes. Like she's just I don't know. <laughs> They thought I was going to be a ballerina, but that didn't happen. But I don't know why. I just walked around in my toes. Well, you know, there you go. That is why you have amazing calves. <laughs> I mean, it may not show up in your headshot in our right. promotional here, but just so you all know, the greatest compliment that Keanu gets is she has really nice calves. <laughs> I has full best calves. Yeah. That's it. Well, awesome. I think that was a great icebreaker question. So thank it you was. for indulging me on that. And that's the first time <laughs> I've done one of those in a while. So I'm like, oh, cool. That was great how that turned out. That was a good one. Yeah. And yeah, I like it. Yeah. And now I'm excited to dive into your story, Kiani, and I really learn about you. So for people that are listening to our show for the first time, especially season seven of Holding Down the Fort, well, first and foremost, if you've been following our show, this season is brand new. The way that we approach it, our mission, everything is completely brand new because we are so fortunate to have partnered up with the Rosie Network and feature their cohort members and their chapter leaders. And amongst those people is Kiani Washington. So she has you know, given us the honor to hear her story and you know, her journey as an entrepreneur. And I'm just excited to eat it all up. <laughs> yes. So let me go ahead and first start by asking you, I think as I flesh this out with you, like I always like to consider interviews like a team effort. I really want to start off with the story of like, how did you even become an entrepreneur? And we talked about this offline. (laughs) And for you, I know that you didn't even know what the word was before you started becoming it. So tell us a little bit about that. All I knew was when I got out of the military, there was just like this, I don't feel like dealing with the same crap anymore like kind of mindset yeah and I had learned how to break when I was like 12 years old but you know didn't think I could do it successfully so I went into the military but afterwards I did end up like working at a daycare but still in my mind I was like I get tired of that whole the threats that come behind working for somebody else Mm. like they're always like you're gonna get fired or you don't do this or you know, you see things that need to be changed and they don't want to change them. Like it helps with like, I hated that uh-huh. every single day. Uh-huh. So I'm like, I'm good at this. I can't take care of myself doing it. So I got my license and I started doing hair, but I did not learn the word entrepreneur until, and I got my cosmetology license in 2005. Mm-hmm. I didn't learn the word entrepreneur, like what it really meant until 2018. Love it. So <laughs> considering how you've technically been in the space for, what is that, 13 years? What is your understanding of entrepreneurship today? Woo. Entrepreneurship. Mm, Lord. Okay. So it is the ability of a person to, it's like you have these thoughts about innovation. Mm-hmm. That's probably the best way I can think of it. Mm-hmm. Like you come up with so many different ideas, new things. I think entrepreneurship and business ownership are not in the same space because you can be an entrepreneur and not really own like particularly own like normally when people own a business it's like that one set business that's all they do Mm -hmm. but entrepreneurs continue to come up with new innovative ways to do things and 
like I might open up a grocery store and next week I might turn that grocery store and put a cafe in it. And then the next week I might say it needs elevators so people can go out here and exercise. And it's like we're always our mind is always racing and we can always come up with something new and fresh all the time, something innovative. And, and nine times out of 10 is always to help someone else. Like that's what I've found as an entrepreneur. I love that. So it's like a constant creator, you know, a constant opportunity seeker. And I love how you ended it by saying at the end of the day, the entrepreneur is always finding a way to serve someone. So I think that's beautiful. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I do recall that initially when you really wanted to dive into this, I know uh, from what I recall, you were and you started working for a salon in 2011 and you decided to try to branch out. And your family and friends were worried about you. They were worried about this path you're taking. So in addition to kind of like you wanting to go against the system, like post-military, you know, you have a family that's, that's kind of like, in a sense, not necessarily holding you back, but concerned, concerned about you. Concerned. Yeah. I would say concerned. Like they're, they, nobody around me, like nobody in my family was actually like, not just working for someone else. Mm -hmm. So for me to say, I'm going to go work for someone else and I don't have this benefit package of medical, dental, 401k and all this stuff, you know, because that's what people think about. They think mm-hmm. about the thing that's going to sustain you through your life in their retirement when, you know, as an entrepreneur, I can go buy insurance. Like, uh-huh. just like you pay for insurance, I can go pay for insurance. I can get a 401k through a bank. Mm-hmm. I can do all of those things and it just be on my own dime, like, as the money that I made versus like having to deal with a company and going through all that. And then, you know, when you leave that company, like you can lose all that. I'm still keeping mine because I'm paying for it. So yeah. I did, their concern was more so for that. And like I said, they just, nobody was an entrepreneur really. Or, and then, you know, I didn't really know what the word was. So of course they didn't know what that meant. Yeah. So it was just like, are you really gonna, are you, my mom kept saying, but you don't have the insurance. And I'm like, <laughs> mom. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I can go to the VA. I'll be okay. Yeah. But you don't have dental. Okay, mom. I'll just brush my teeth really good and floss and stuff. And I'll be fine. I'll be fine. But yeah. You know, I can absolutely relate because I also come from a family where the aspiration is to have a stable job in the middle class. You know, my parents, my family had come from a third world country from the Philippines. And, and I come from a family of farmers. And part of why my dad joined the U.S. Navy from in my theory is you know to give us more economic opportunities and all that yeah stuff. and so really their aspiration was um what you typically hear you know go to school to get the good mm-hmm. grades get the good job the good benefits you know to get the house the car the family you know on and on and on and as great as those things are i was very fortunate that the majority of my family had already achieved that and i'm here thinking well you already did that. Let me see if I can do something different. And I really love how you're like, you know, I can get my own insurance. I can do all that because that's definitely something I had to figure out also. Like I remember I was like, okay, well, uh, for whatever reason, I was under this assumption that benefits were only available at a corporate job or like, you know, like for whatever reason, I thought that's the only place you can get it. I know. (laughs) It's the way the world is. It makes you think like that. Like we can't get those things like, Exactly. And then I just remember I used to go to a lot of uh, business networking events. And of course, the two main professions I feel like I always run into, maybe three that I run into at networking events are like realtors, life insurance agents, and I think like financial advisors. 
And so I feel like I was able to get a lot of knowledge from them and learning that I can get my own insurance, my own benefits, like you said, and also working with the tax preparer to help you like write off things, write off things that you're paying for, because that is a business write off, you know, for you to pay for like medical care, for example, or paying for continued education. Like I could write off all the audiobooks that I bought because that's continued education for me to be a better entrepreneur. But like just knowing that there's a different way to do your taxes as a self-employed person. And of course, if you don't come from that background, if if you don't have people in your family modeling it, then of course they're concerned, right? (laughs) Yeah, they were really concerned. Like my mom was really concerned. But the crazy thing about it is like this will maybe last year or the year before last, Mm -hmm. I found out that my great, 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 you don't have to do the numbers, great, Mm. great, great, (laughs) my grandfather, actually was an entrepreneur like he owned 600 acres of land he was a mortician wow he also like put on these events all the time and i'm like y'all it's been in my blood the entire time and you've been trying to stop me from who i'm supposed to be yeah well there you go like you're the descendant and your great 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 grandfather lives on on in you and i love that i love how you're able to in a sense, kind of balance out the family dynamic by, yeah. you know, in a sense, like being reincarnated, like your grandfather kind of being reincarnated into you. Not that I'm into yeah. like reincarnation or anything, but you know what I'm trying to say, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 I do. I yeah. Do. Awesome. I just love how you took that initiative because one of the themes that I know the Rosie Network often talks about and what our company talks about is self-sufficiency. And I think part of self-sufficiency is just having that general curiosity of, what else is there? You know, what are other options? And I am kind of curious on your end, like how did you even discover that you could get your own benefits? Well, one, I did know that after I got out of the military that we could get health benefits. So Mm. I did sign up for health benefits through the VA. And, you know, as you're, if you have disability ratings, as it goes up, then as your percentage goes up, then that determines like, um, if you have co-pays or like what they'll see you for. So because mine is like on the higher side, I pretty much can get seen for any and everything. Mm. So I just basically just learned that I could go to the VA was the first thing for health. And then for dental, I learned through just looking on my app for USAA because I bank with USAA mm-hmm. and I ended up saying like dental. I was like, what? I can get dental insurance through here so <laughs> it was like a cheaper rate so I was like I was like these people were abundant that I could do all this stuff yeah so yeah I mean, that was literally how I learned yeah. that's awesome and I think it's just that that desire to seek it out and to see what options yeah. are available I think is quite admirable because one thing I often find in our community is what you see is what you get there's kind of this perception of like you know all you have are your your benefits or all you have are the next orders to the next duty station. But the fact that you decided to think outside of the box and see what other options are available for you, even even through a place you already do business in, which is your bank, you know, yeah. I think that's great that you, you know, did that self-education because I think sometimes in a sense, and I, I say this respectfully, it's like safer, you know, it's safer, you know, quote unquote, to just, you know, go with what is already available to you, I think. Right. Um, go with the flow. Yeah, there you go. Go with the flow. <laughs> yeah. So I found your story really interesting and I'd love for you to tell our listeners about this where, you know, you, you had this long history of entrepreneurship before calling it entrepreneurship. And there's been a number of instances where I call it the, and then this happened, you and know? Then. And so go ahead and, 
you know, tell us all these and thens, you know, starting with, (laughs) yes, you know, starting with, let's say going back to when you were working daycare still until you were ready to do full time as a professional grader and then kind of like how your journey went on from there. Um, So I was working at the daycare. Um, At this time, I'd had my cosmetology license since 2005. So I had been working at the daycare about that much time and it was like 2011 and I love the kids I was actually part-time but it really felt more like full-time mm. I think I was going for like 10 to 6 so it's like really felt like full-time mm. but after I would get off work I would go do hair so it's like I was still continuing to do what I've always done but then in the military too like I was huh. still doing when I was in the navy but it came to a point where the daycare itself was like okay we either need you full time or mm-hmm. we're going to have to let you go. And I was like, it, it was like, OK, I should have already jumped out there and done it for like been in the salon full time. But I'm something I still had a little bit of fear that I wouldn't be able to be successful or be more so be able to take care of myself, mm-hmm. like pay all of my bills and things of like that nature. So. I didn't jump out there but once they gave me that we need you to either go full-time or I was like okay I'm gonna go Mm full-time and I let it go the teachers told the kids (sighs) and so they were like Miss Kayani no (laughs) (laughs) so when they told them I actually ended up staying until those kids graduated from that year and then I went full time into the salon. So that was like the first and then. Yeah. Uh, so I went into the salon full time in 2011. And I had been there up until about 2014, 2013, 14. And a knee injury I sustained in boot camp started, it started bothering more. I had had a surgery in 2007, I believe. But now it's starting to like, get aggravated again and so my I kept saying my hip but after going to like therapy and stuff they were actually saying it was coming from my back wow so, um you never know that knee injury it held everything on that side of your body it could affect so um um after that I was like okay I think it's probably time for me to like come from behind the chair <laughs> but I didn't want to leave my in- like I love the industry so I was like okay let me learn something else let me learn something else in this field so that i'm not actually standing on my feet so i went to school for aesthetics which is skin i got that license and i chickened out (laughs) reverted back to what i always know which is braiding because it comes so natural Mm. to me i reverted back to it but again like i'm still getting aggravated like my knee is still getting aggravated yeah and that pain you know on the side which felt like hip pain which was back pain so in school, I learned in when you're in skin school, you learn a lot about skin, right? Mm-hmm. So I was like, I want to make a product. So I made the product myself. I developed it. I formulated. I did the whole thing, made a whole lot of products. And I started going out there and I branched off. I kind of dialed back a little bit from working in the salon and I started to focus more on the product side. And so I would go just, I would drive anywhere mm-hmm. within a radius of, I think, like an hour and a half to any salon, barbershop, spa. I don't care if it was black, white, orange, green. I didn't care who it was. 
I just would go into the salon, introduce myself and say, hey, things about products, mm. blah, blah, blah. And I just did that for, I did that for months, like in 2017. So from 2011, I went to a salon and then went to school in 2015. Mm. Um, 2016, made the products. 2017, got out there and just hit the streets running and telling everybody about it. In 2018 was the end then. <laughs> Because I had gotten like a good momentum going and I ended up becoming a homeless veteran in January 2018. And at the same time, I was actually going through some fertility stuff. I just had that appointment. And so it was like, oh, my God. Like I was like, pretty much I was just like, oh, my God. (laughs) That's all I could think. Oh, my God. So I spent my time from probably like (laughs) February-ish to August just kind of bouncing back and forth from like four houses so there was as far as being able to really jump into like that product side that I had like spent all that time trying to get the momentum going for it I wasn't able to do it much but I did have two barbers I think I took two barbers one of them at the time he was like he called me key He like key he said I know you haven't stopped selling the products he was like I need some I need some and I was like oh I can't get to it everything's in storage he said what do you need to do I said I just need to get them out he was like okay tell me a time and I'll meet you over there and he came over there and we like pulled everything out wow just so he could get this product that's how much it meant like that's how valuable the product was yeah for this man to tell me he's gonna leave work to come and help me get this out so that was that and then and then once I got back on my feet and probably it was like August of 18 I went ended up in the homeless veteran programs a hood bash program Mm. and the coordinator asked me when I was trying to go to school she was like what was your hold up and I was like I didn't have a place to stay so I ended up getting a place to stay and this like (laughs) in January is when I found out about an entrepreneur program and I did it um it's in it was in Philadelphia it's called it's through IBMF it's the EBB program that's when I learned about entrepreneurship that's the first time I ever pitched a business that's like I was like oh my god this is great I love these people where have they been all my life (laughs) so once I got a little taste of it, I was like, oh, my God, like, these are the only people I want to be around for the rest of my life. <laughs> I love I mean, it. So love it. I started going to the University of Alabama. They had a program that was similar for students and uh, staff. I got into that program. And again, I was doing good. They were showing me like, OK, this is what you do. This is how you do. This is how you get this together. So by 2019, I had gotten my LLC. Mm. And that was December the 20, yeah, December, I think it was like December, it was April 2019. So all that time I was like preparing because I had decided to do like a relaunch by this time of the products. I was like, they've helped me so much. I'm going to do a relaunch. So I decided to do a relaunch in February of 2020, did the relaunch. And then our best friend, (laughs) our good old friend (laughs) in the whole wide world, COVID <laughs> said and then and so it was like <sighs> so I was like okay so I spent just that time of course like all the people I was just at home eventually like the guys were like hey we need products so okay. we kind of figured it out so I could get them product 
in 20, what was it? <laughs> I decided to go back to school again because I was like, you know, maybe what could actually help me more is getting my cosmetology educator's license. The more I know, the more I've learned, like through experience and now I can educate, I can provide an education sector in the same field. Yeah. So this is definitely like continuing to pull me off of my feet. Yeah. My whole goal is to stay in the industry, but off of my feet because I wanted to be healthy enough when I had my own children. Yeah. So I got my educator. I was going to school for an educator. I was like getting ready to finish 2021. What was that? No, in the 2020, end of 2020, I was getting my education license. I was about to finish Jane, going into January about three days before Christmas. I cut my thumb back. And then. <laughs> <laughs> I cut it so bad to the tendon to where I had to have surgery. So that literally meant no more standing on my feet because I actually could not use my hands to do wow. what I do. Yeah. So I was like the point, end. It's like if there's yeah, any any like, doubt that you should move on, at least like move on from braiding, that was like it for you. That was it. That wow. was like Keanu. Like it's time. The crazy part about it is I had worked at Ulta as a skin therapist. I had worked for this company called Salon for Seniors and we did hair and nails at nursing home independent. All, I've done all of this stuff in between, we like better. making the products and, you know, and I'm still trying to go back and braid like, Keanu, come <laughs> on, you have all. So it was well, like, it's, when it's I your comfort finger, zone, right? Like that, I know, that I was, was something. And, and that's something I wanted to ask you, like when you had like kind of going back a little bit, when you had that realization that, oh my gosh, I have. You know, I have a lower back problem. Like, I can't stand on my feet for very long. I imagine that there was a grieving process for you. Like, I'm sure, I'm sure this moment of you cutting your thumb was like the final moment. But yeah, it was like, like, tell me about that grieving process because I'm sure it wasn't easy because that was your natural talent and you enjoyed it. And then obviously, throughout the years, you still kept going back to it like an ex boyfriend you shouldn't go back to, right? <laughs> like, yeah. I was like, what are those things? <laughs> that is exactly what it is. And so, oh, so tell oh. me about that. Tell me about kind of like that oh. mindset and that, that process for you. It was it was hard. Yeah. It was hard because one again, I really loved it. It was yeah. like the first thing I learned. It it came so natural to me. And then a lot of times I would feel bad for my clients because mm. they couldn't find other people to give them the service that I realistically I babied my clients. Mm. They they were just babied. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. So it was like letting them go and like like sending them out in the world with these people that would not give them the same experience and making sure that they had healthy hair. Like mm. with all of my education and experience, I was like, okay, even though they're getting braids as protective styles, they still need to have healthy hair and yeah. scalp underneath that. So they were appreciative. So it for me, it was hard to let like, yeah. and I had, I had, actually ended up getting these two clients and I mean they I mean I love them so much so I had these two families that had adopted black children they were mm. two Caucasian families that adopted black children and they you know they didn't really know like they did all that they could and I just hated how people were abusing the fact that they would pay mm. so I really I was like I didn't want to let like I didn't want to sit my heart for really helping people was more, I think, more the fact that, like, really kept me staying in, like, staying behind the chair mm -hmm. versus, like, being more conscious that my body needed me not to be behind the chair anymore. Yeah. So, 
even through school, even while I was getting like my educated list, I was still trying to braid a like pure. <laughs> yeah, this sounds like only. this sounds like I'm saying this jokingly, but it sounds like a codependent relationship because it it's like you even had your clients be dependent on you, right? It's like Very. it was hard for them to find someone new and they're like, Keanu, like, can you still do my hair, please? You know, and so I I mean it obviously it was very important to you. You you, you didn't was. just love braiding, but it sounds like you loved your clients. You love taking care of them. And so yeah, it makes sense that it, it was a it was a long, you know, long and drawn out grieving process for you to yeah. you know, up until you cut your thumb. Until up your- <laughs> until I cut my thumb. Yeah. When I cut my thumb, it was like I couldn't even do my hair. Oh wow. So it was like I can't even and I'm talking about the simple stuff. Like I couldn't even really wash my hair. So I luckily, I'm not going to say it luckily, but it was a good thing. My hair was already braided when I cut my finger. Mm. So I didn't really have to worry about it as much, but they did have to come down and I eventually had to, you know, wash my hair. But yeah, it was hard. Even now they still try to pull me in like today. (laughs) They'll be like, oh my God, I just remember. (laughs) Like if I post something, oh my God, those hands, I just remember. And I'm just like, nope. Just keep remembering, not including that hand, but <laughs> it's not healthy anymore. You need to move on. <laughs> I need to move on. And my mom still does the same thing. She was like, But are you gonna do my hair? Like that. Like, but are you gonna do my hair? Like, <laughs> She's like, Okay, I know you're retired, however. <laughs> but are you gonna do my hair? <laughs> like Oh man. I'm like, I don't even want to do my own hair, Jack me if I'm gonna do my hair. But yeah, it That's it was wild. it was very hard it was and like i said those last two families were really solidified like okay this is it Mm -hmm. like i cannot do this anymore it's literally time to after i cut my finger and i got i ended up having two surgeries the first surgery Mm -hmm. we're not gonna say it was the doctor but it was the doctor (laughs) so it was i don't blame the doctor but i blame the doctor (laughs) even though i cut my own finger as i was going through therapy she was like yeah he should have like I was learning all of the things that he was supposed to do mm. in my post care that he wasn't doing that would have helped me heal faster. Mm-hmm. So she was like, yeah, I've done all I can do. I'm sorry. You're going to have to have another surgery. I was like, oh, my God. Oh my so gosh. this is from like January to June. Wow. And so after I had that second surgery, I was like, OK, it was like. I t- afterwards I had I did I had done my hair and I did like this whole video just to say like and I don't know if you can see it there's still a scar there hmm. and you see it is it like on the lower part of your thumb oh I see it yeah is it yeah kinda this way right yeah oh wow it's like right up in there oh yeah so so if you're watching this <laughs> yeah if you're listening to this so, go on YouTube right now <laughs> and look yeah. at Keanu's thumb so I had done my hair it took me a while but I had done it so again one of those little clients that Mm -hmm. I just had this you know and like the family it was the family like I love that I would go to their house like it was a whole thing I would Mm -hmm. be there the dad was just like it was just an experience like being with them and you know and like the kids it wasn't just the little girl that I was doing here it was like the mom the dad the other kids yeah. like everybody's like we're all having conversations about her hair and this like all things so i tried to do her hair and i did and i said no this is it i wow the speed that i had it was gone and i was like i can't wow it's i can't do it anymore so i completely left it alone that was i don't even remember exact i know it was like 20 
2021, I think. And I completely left it alone. It was hard. I didn't want to leave it. They were like, well, if you decide, we'll come to you. Because <laughs> by then I had moved and everything. They were like, we will drive that hour to you. And I was like, nope, nope. I think that's it. Oh, no. Yeah. So now it's like, okay, now you can focus on your products. You can focus on, you know, doing the education side. I had gotten married and I was prepared like okay now I can go ahead and like found that I was pregnant uh, and then <laughs> and then <laughs> lovely hashtag and then y'all I'm sure I'm sure that, that should phrase, be my story hashtag I, and then. I know seriously I feel like that's gonna be in the title of this episode somehow <laughs> it has to be because that's just like my whole story it's like and then. yeah yeah and, but then happened was and then so <laughs> Yeah, so once I found out I was pregnant, it, I was still trying to make the products, but like we had already like tried to move everything mm. into like the garage. That was going to be my whole workshop area. But you know, being pregnant, I can't move all this stuff that I need to move around, right? And do all of this extra stuff. So I was, I did what I could. I'm still with those same two bars. They stuck with me. I will tell you, they have stuck with me even through all the crazy. They have stuck with me. Um, so I did like try to fulfill their orders, but as far as like really trying to get like the products out there as much as I could, it was just hard because you know you're pregnant, you don't know if you're gonna fall asleep while you're sitting on the couch or while you're walking. You don't, yeah, you just fall. <laughs> you know? So once I had him, the Rosie Network, like I, was, I don't even know where I saw it. I can't even remember. <laughs> But I saw it and I went ahead and filled out on the application and I got into the program. And once I got into the program, I think it was it was just my time. Hmm. I would say maybe it yeah. was it just might have been my time because I think for when I hear like some people give their reviews or when they like it's a little different from me is because of like I was already ready. Like I wasn't like trying to prepare or figure it out like I was already ready so mm-hmm. everything that they were saying like as we were going through the program I was trying it like they were like yeah find mentors so instead of just using the resources like I got on LinkedIn and started typing out people's names in my industry and in my wow. post and saying hey I need a meeting with you yeah and I got one and I ended up getting one of my mentors is one of the one of the top on the education side, one of the top industry leaders in my field. So, you know, I was taking what they were saying and like rolling with it at the same time. <laughs> like I was trying yeah. at the same time having my little infant with me. He did the whole program with me right there. We did Your the business whole thing partner. <laughs> Yeah, my business partner, <laughs> even now, if I have somewhere to go, he's like right there. I go deliver product. He's right there. Love it. I did a workshop. He was right there. So... It's been no, all those endings, but I I feel like right now, like after the Rosie Net- Network, I will say like the the things just started like rolling yeah, in place, know. like the where where they needed to be, where they should be, different opportunities, meeting. I think his name is Bill Barnett, and getting a video done and learning through him about the guy that does the website, which actually he does the Rosie Network's website sure. too. So. Just all of those things are like now like pushing me to go forward. And my old professor 
oh yeah, I have a broadcast, I have an associates in broadcast communication. Yeah, mm. that's one of those end things. <laughs> but the professor at that time that I took a graphics class for, she actually did my new graphics mm. for my logo and my, my label. And I was asking her, I was like, okay, what's my fee? Because I was prepared. Mm-hmm. Like At this point, going through the Rosanette, I was like, that's yeah. in a row. I was prepared. I had money set aside. Like, this is where yeah. she was like, it's going to be on the family discount. So nothing. I was like, oh. Wow. You know, logos. Yeah. Yeah. They And then labels for the products. Mm-hmm. They start reaching up They're there. So, <laughs> yeah, I just felt like. All of those endings, all of those lessons learned, all of that growth, and then being able to get into the Rosie program because I was so mentally prepared, even yeah. though I had my son at the time. It, I just think it's it's just time. I mean, it's just time. Like, yeah, it's just like I think it was that final like, okay, guy, like, oh, you finally let go of that chair, huh? Okay, now we can go with it. It's up. It's like. You've been holding your own self up trying to stand behind the chair. Yeah. Wow. That is deep. Yeah. Wow. I feel like I need to take a moment. <laughs> and it it's crazy because, I mean, first and foremost, like what I really admire is your grit. You know, you stayed in the game. And even though you couldn't, you know, braid anymore, you stayed in the industry and you found ways to adapt and evolve. And, you know, throughout that, you were still able to get loyal clients especially the barbers, you know, that are still asking for wholesale, you know, prices on your products. It's, you know, I think it's just absolutely amazing and a testament to your, I guess, desire to be in this kind of lifestyle and more importantly, to serve, to serve people the way you want to serve them, you know, with the products, with the way that, with the way I'm sure that you're educating about this industry. It's very admirable. Thank you. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, all right. So, Kiani, I just really enjoyed listening to your story. And I think the last 30 minutes we've been, you know, talking here. And um, I I feel like there's so much to take away from your story, whether yeah. it's for entrepreneurs or military connected entrepreneurs and just our, you know, just our military community as a whole. And I think like the first thing that comes to mind for me is so I already said the positive attitude or the grit and a community of support. Okay, yeah. So let me rephrase this differently. So Kiani, at this stage of your life, um, as we start to wrap up here and you're you're looking back, what are some main takeaways you would like to share to our listeners? And this could be listeners who are military connected entrepreneurs or you know people in our military community. What would you like to share with them about your story? I think one of the biggest things that I learned myself when I was actually like a homeless veteran and when I had to go out and sell the products because it was easy to sell myself as a braider because they're seeing my work on mm. somebody else's head. But to know that these products are going to work, even though I've been in the industry this long, is a different thing. And one of the biggest things that I learned was do it anyway. Mm. So every time that fear would come up like, but what if they ask you this question or what if you don't say the right things or what if they look at you crazy or what if it, it was always like those things in your mind that mm. you just, you know, play to downplay your own self. Really? Yeah. I had to every time I would roll up, like drive up to a salon or a barbershop or a spa and I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna just keep going. And then I was just say, do it anyway. 
Mm. So my steps were get out the car, like Ah. get out the car and get this bag out the car and just take the steps and walk in there. And that was something I learned when I was going through my, like I said, as a homeless veteran, I think I had an anxiety attack. I'm I'm not sure. It wasn't like diagnosed, but I was sitting in a chair and I had just come from school and I was actually at my entrepreneur class that evening and I couldn't move. And literally I couldn't move. And I was like, oh my God, I can't move. Like, and I never felt the weight. There was so much weight on my body and like, I could not move my body. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, I cannot move. And I was just sitting here like, I got to be in class in like 20 minutes and I cannot move my body. And the only thing I could think of was like, just put on my shoes. Wow. So I was like, okay, just put these shoes on. And I was like, something about putting those shoes on was like, okay, okay, just start walking. And so I just walked down my stairs. I got in my car and it was like, just just keep going. Just like, I just kept them, just keep going. Just keep going. Like it was, it was, I think it was like the weight of like all of the things. Cause by this time, I think it was like 20, maybe 28, end of 2018, early 2019. Mm -hmm. So I think it was just all of that weight yeah, sat on my body at that yeah. particular day. And I think like a couple a week before that, somebody had hit my car. Oh, my goodness. And, and it was then. like so much stuff. And I was just like, Ugh. yeah, so I just couldn't move that day. And I, wow. the only thing I could think of was like, oh, yeah. And then I forgot like I had to my dad had had a stroke. Oh my goodness, yeah. And then I had to fly out to California and I had to decide regardless of what my family wanted. I had to make a decision and I made a decision to put them in a nursing home. And it was like, ugh, it was rough because I had to leave them. And, you know, if, you know, you have that, they're kind of happier than you, but they're kind of not. Like it was like all of that, plus all the stuff that I had going through the fertility, I had had surgery. All while I'm a homeless veteran now. So you can yeah. imagine I'm recovering at people's houses, like all oh this gosh. stuff is going on. Yeah. So I think all of that just said, and it just sat on my body. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, you know what? Just just put on your shoes. That's all you can do. It's, <laughs> that's the most you can do is put these shoes on. And then just putting on the shoes gave me enough to like stand up and walk. And I actually ended up <laughs> writing a book called is an interactive motivational notebook called put on your freaking shoes and walk love it it's like what else do you have left once you put your shoes on you have to do something <laughs> like, it, it's like you can't just sit there with shoes on and you yeah. gotta do something you gotta put your feet down once you put them on you gotta put them feet down so you might as well stand up yeah so those were the biggest two things like just put them shoes put those shoes on and just keep it going forward and then when you get, when that fear just pops up in you, just do it anyway. It just kind of, a lot of times you, you really, you get that like, I really can't do this anymore. Like it, it comes to that point, like I'm exhausted. I really can't do this. But on the other side of that, for entrepreneurs, there's like this deep rooted, like deep rooted, seated passion. That just won't allow you to yeah. not do it something. Yeah. And sometimes you don't even know what it is, but you just start writing down the things that come out of your brain. 
and then eventually something evolves. But like I said, my biggest two takeaways was put them dang on shoes on your feet and get up <laughs> and, and do it anyway. Because yeah. eventually, you know, through all the heartache, through all the pain, through all the whatever, because a lot of people will say, well, focus, you know, if you keep that focus, that dang focus goes out the door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Telling you that thing says, shoot, I left. I'm not here for <laughs> it. Flies out. So it's one of those things where you have to take the little things because focus is something that you have to mentally try to do. But you can take your hands and put your shoes on and put your feet down and stand up. Yeah. And you can just do something anyway. Like even if you don't want to do it, you can just do it anyway. So, but trying to make yourself focus, that takes more time. It takes more time to me to just put my shoes on. So Yeah, I, I think in those moments, focusing seems too far of a stretch or seems too yes. big of a picture. And when you just dial it down and you just say, you know what? You could just put on your shoes. You got your shoes on. You might as well get up. You might as well walk. You might as well do something. And I definitely relate in regards to like when you feel like maybe you're at your lowest point or you feel like there's nowhere to go. What you do have is movement. I remember one of the mantras I used to say to myself is, you know, I can just take life moment by moment. I don't have to, yeah. I don't have to think about next year. I don't have to think about next month. I don't have to think about next week. I don't have to think about tomorrow. I could just think, I don't even have to think about tonight. I could just think about this moment. And sometimes that's yeah. more than enough. And I've, and I've come yeah. to learn that like, you know, your purpose, like your purpose could be found in your present. And sometimes that purpose is to just move and, and trust that, it's going to get you somewhere. So I yeah. I just really appreciate hearing that story because I think that any other person, any other veteran for that matter, any homeless veteran, and you know, as we know, veteran suicide is very common, unfortunately, yeah. in our community. And the fact that you had all the end thens, let's just make a list. I feel like I'm going to have like an infographic of all the end thens. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like visualizing it already. But, <laughs> but anyway, I feel like you could have had any reason to just fold and say that's it like that's it that's it and yeah don't worry about it and so you had that fire in you and i know that in regards to like the military the military community and even in the veteran community it could be easy to just to just do that so it's my hope that when people hear your story and know that you did what you did the do it anyway philosophy and put your freaking shoes on right i hope that our listeners will really being moved by that and knowing that here you are you made it on the other side you still have a very lively vibrant you know personality and you still have your clients and you're married you have a son and i'm not saying that you've like reached the destination but to see your journey from you know let's say going all the way back to 2005 till now it's it's what an incredible story. I mean, do you do you recognize that your story is kind of awesome? <laughs> I to be honest, no. Like a lot of times, I don't. And then I and then I had to remind myself, like, yeah. One of the things that I was actually president of the Alabama Women in Business, <laughs> and I didn't really think anything of it. <laughs> but I had to. I think it was a mid. I did a coaching call, and the lady was like, "I need you to find some people to write like." you know things about you just kind of write some things about you and I was like okay that should be pretty simple so (laughs) the lady that actually sponsored me to be in the organization itself she like wrote this whole thing and she was like yeah and you took it on when it was about to be dissolved and you turned it around and I was like 
oh wait I did do that like I had like yeah I think I get so I get tunnel vision mm. and my tunnel vision just says make it work love it do it do what it takes to make it work solve the problem like there's a problem that needs to be solved figure it out and solve it and I don't take the time to just really think about oh you've done this magnificent thing yeah. because I'm yeah. like people need assistance people need help something needs to be fixed some there's a problem there needs to be an answer there needs to be a solution so that I just go for that and yeah. so the story of how I get there never really dawns on me until somebody says you remember did you and I'm like I'm like you're right I did yeah I do hope that my story does help someone you know in the military community like I said so many people there suicide is high in our community and I would just want them to know that like whatever that situation is at the present time it's not forever like it's just for a season or for a moment it could just be for those five minutes mm. that you sit right there and then like in the next 10 minutes it'd be something different so yeah you know just whether it be entrepreneurship that you choose or whatever it may be like you know <laughs> just know that that particular hard situation that it is right at the moment like me laying on the bed you know doing the fertility stuff and then learning that I do not have good flow in my tube. Mm. So if you don't have good flow, you cannot have children. So mm. I could have been like, you know what? I just, but my mindset was, you know what? Let me get my body healthy. So just know that there's always something like the bad news has a solution. Yeah. Like problems have solutions. So just mm. you know, take that as problems are supposed to be solved. That's, in math like right absolutely it's there's supposed to be a solution and i think that's life. like stuff comes up and there's supposed to be a solution to it so yeah i love it i feel like you just dropped so many life lessons there <laughs> that are <laughs> that our community can take away and i think it's about like listening to your inner voice in those darkest moments and you know saying to yourself like hey do it anyway you know make it work put your freaking shoes on you know et cetera et cetera Put them down, <laughs> You tell them, Keanu. <laughs> it made me think of my granddaddy. Gal, get in here. <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. Well, Keanu, I just want to make sure that you are able to share everything that you wanted to share to our listeners. So are there any any final takeaways that you want to share? Any other final closing thoughts? Or did I squeeze everything out of you? <laughs> I think it squeezed everything out of me, but I will say congratulations on all of your future endeavors because you will get there no matter what it looks like right now congrats i'm going to congratulate you ahead of time i applaud you you made it you did it yes you put those denim shoes on your feet and you did it <laughs> anyway so if nothing else just hear me saying that in your head put them daggum shoes on your dog on feet and get up get out there <laughs> and do it anyway let that ring in your head but like I said, congratulations um, to all of you on all of your endeavors. I know you're going to do great. Oh, I love that pep talk. Well, thanks, Keanu. <laughs> we very much appreciate your time. And I uh, want to thank you again for joining us. Thank you. Yeah. And uh, as a last bonus question, because very often as a podcast host, I make it my sense of responsibility to make it about, you know, the guests that I'm interviewing. But I like to nowadays for this new season, I want to turn the table around and see if you have any like one question, not, we're not going to start a whole other interview, but do you have like right. one question you like to ask me before we wrap up? 
my question to you would be, you guys were doing something totally different. Mm -hmm. What was that? I think we should do this. Yeah. Type of what was that moment? Like, you know what? We should do this now. Yeah. That's a great question. Thank you for asking. So, you know, I often say on the show that I started the show out of curiosity and market research, you know, having been removed from the, the military community for 20 years and then meeting my husband and getting, you know, serving our military community today, I felt in a weird way, I had like the sense of imposter syndrome. I was like, who am I to like, you know, help, help like <laughs> yeah. veterans and career military families, military retirees, et cetera, et cetera. And more importantly, like our seasoned spouses. And so it was important for me to be like, you know what, let me just like lead with curiosity. And that's kind of how this show, show was birthed. And throughout oh, wow. the, yeah, throughout the six seasons, uh, the first six seasons of the show, I was very open to kind of anyone who wanted to be on the show. I, I had a general, I had like a broad goal of just sharing resources and tools from, you know, guests who want to be on the show. And then, you know, fast forward to fall of 2022, when we wrapped up the last season, I definitely did some deep reflection. And I realized that um, in order for the show to survive, or in order for it to go on, because kind of like you, it was it was it was kind of like for me where it's like, okay, it's like, I, I don't want to end the show, I still want it to go on, but it's going to have to yeah. change the way it goes on. And yeah. with every season, I feel like I get a different fuel of inspiration. And so I really yeah. took a year, essentially, you know, by the time this episode is published, it'll be a year since the last season came on. And I really had to look inward. And more importantly, I had to talk to my husband again, because we worked together. Yeah. And I was all like, okay, like, for this next season of my life, I have to do something that feels purposeful for me. And I was thinking about your story when you uh, were working in, I think, the acceleration program and how you're like, oh my gosh, entrepreneurs, like these are the only people I want to be around now. And <laughs> and so for me, that's basically how I felt. I thought, okay, I feel like I've interviewed like a diverse group in our community, but now I realize I'm in a place where I just want to talk to more entrepreneurs in the community. Like I want to yeah. know, because you know, for me, part of my background is having been a military child and not being able to hold down a stable job in my young adult years. I was fired from four jobs in my young adult wow. years. Yeah, I know. I wear it like a badge. And, <laughs> and and I just remember, like, I remember by my fourth job, my friend was, my best friend was like, Jen, I don't think you're meant for a job. So I got into sales and I did all these things. And 12 years later, here I am. And there's a phrase that goes, your associations are everything. And yeah. uh, actually, a couple of phrases come to, come to mind. Your associations are everything. You are who you surround yourself with. And yeah. uh, another one is if you buy into people's opinions, you buy into their lifestyle. And all of that to oh, say, yeah, there goes another one for you. Add it to your list of mantras there. And so essentially, I just came to a place where I was like, okay, if I'm going to continue this journey of being an entrepreneur, I need to be around other entrepreneurs. And yeah. luckily, luckily, I, for, I in a weird way, I kind of forgot that uh, my husband, Scott, was part of the Rosie Networks cohort way back when, like I think back in 2016, 2017. Okay. And so we just decided to reach out to them and here we are <laughs> you know here we are it's they we just realized Yay. it would have been the perfect partnership because while their mission is all about self-sufficiency and st uh, financial stability ours is the same with our company the vehicles are different you know for them it's entrepreneurship for us it's through uh, financial solutions in the private market and so we wanted to find a way to like marry the two and and obviously support each other and also give back to the rose network because 
they've given so much to us. And so this is yeah. this is basically a manifestation of that. And um, it just feels like we, we've come full circle. Like it kind of feels like a homecoming, you know, Aww. to be able to work with the Rosie Network again. So, so thank you for being a part of this, a part of the partnership. And I hope that answers your question. <laughs> it does. And I'm like that homecoming. That was yeah. so <laughs> cool. Well, Kiani, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you today. I want to thank you so much for your time and hearing your story. And I know our listeners are going to get a lot of value out of this. In the post credits, I'll definitely let people know how they can get a hold of you. You know, to our okay. listeners, you can check out the show notes of this episode. And with that said, I don't have a closing slogan yet, so I'm probably going to add that later. So with that said, to our (laughs) listeners, thank you all so much for joining us. And we'll chat with you in the next episode. Tune in next time. Hey, this is your host, Jen Amos. Thanks again for listening to today's episode of Holding Down the Fort by U.S. Vet Wealth. Visit holdingdownthefortpodcast.com to access the full show notes of this episode, including resources mentioned and bonus content. Once again, that's holdingdownthefortpodcast.com. Lastly, stay after this outro music for something a little extra. Thanks again and chat soon. Bye for now. Well, hey, thank you so much for listening to Kiani's episode. And most importantly, thanks for hanging out in the post commentary. So one thing that is going to be super special and unique and different about season seven of Holding Down the Fort by U.S. Vet Wealth is that we have a free podcast portal in which, you know, if you're looking for behind the scenes content or bonus content or you just want more of this podcast, you can go to the show notes of this episode, check out the description. I don't have an official web domain for this just yet. And I kind of like it that way because I think the only people who would join the portal are those who really want to get access to this stuff. And so if you check out the show notes of this episode, or once again, check out our website, holdingdownthefortpodcast.com, you will find a link that will give you direct access to our podcast portal, which is free for everyone listening to the show. And there you'll be getting all the things that I mentioned, a ton of bonus content, a ton of extra educational resources, especially for people who aspire to do more than following orders, think outside of the box and manifest your dreams. So that's really what all of this is for. And what I have found in my journey, having been self-employed for about 13 years now and having been a podcaster for four years now, is that it really takes a village to do this work and more importantly, to make it sustainable. And it's because of all the free content and free resources and free advice and mentorship that I got from so many people throughout the years. And this is my way of, you know, paying it forward, paying it back. You know, part of why 
we have decided to partner up with the Rosie Network for the show because my husband was one of the original cohort members of the Service to CEO program when it was called something else, by the way. <laughs> it had a different name before it was called Service to CEO. And, and so years have come by and it's just been a beautiful full circle moment for us to you know, come back and, and give back in this capacity by featuring uh, the incredible stories of the cohort members, you know, people who have been connected with the Rosie Network and have seen, you know, positive impact in their lives because of what the Rosie Network has done. And so, you know, this is just my way of paying it forward and continuing to give a ton, a ton of free advice and free resources and education in hopes that it'll help you. You know, it'll help you as a military retiree, as a veteran, as a seasoned spouse, as a veteran spouse, however you're connected with the military, I hope that you get a ton of value in this bonus content. So once again, highly recommend that you check out the show notes of this episode or visit holdingonthefortpodcast.com to join this portal. And again, it's a free membership. So I will give you a hint now. This was actually a pretty good episode. And I'll explain that later. I will explain that more later. But in the upcoming episodes, I'm going to share a little bit more about the process of having done this podcast because this particular season had the most direction while also being given a ton of curveballs my way. And I will say it's definitely made me a better podcaster, a more humbled podcaster. And I'm excited to share all of that with you in our podcast portal. So, and last but not least, if you are someone that wants to engage with the guest of the show or even engage with me, that's what this portal is for. Would love to have you on there. And that's it for now, y'all. So thanks for sticking it out. And I hope that you enjoyed the whole conversation with Kiani ad-free. Thanks to our sponsor, US Vet Wealth. And with that said, I will chat with you in the next episode. Tune in next time. Mm-hmm.